You okay. just eliminated people who are wrong for you because these people are superficial. They judge on first appearances yep. and they're wrong for you. Yeah. Welcome to the Anonymous Andrew Podcast. Life and the choices we make. The choices other people make. This is a podcast that explores all things as they relate to dating, romance, and relationships. Why we sometimes ignore or miss the red flags. Red flags like gaslighting, cheating, lying, psychological manipulation, mental illness, addiction, and so much more. Join me each week as we continue my journey into the modern dating world with my weekend rants, anonymous guest dating stories, and experts who share their wisdom so I can help you navigate the dating terrain. If you are new to the show or have been following me from the beginning, hold on tight for the Anonymous Andrew Experience. Greetings and welcome back to another episode of Anonymous Andrew Podcast, Life and the Choices We Make. So, on today's show, I have invited Yael Dubin. Yael is a dating coach and she helps people get back into the dating world. And that's precisely where I am at. And she has a strategy, so we're going to find out what that is. So let's tune in to my interview with Yael Dubin. I have with me Yael Dubin, and she is with Behera Coaching. Good evening, Yael. Hey, Andrew. It's so nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me. I am. I usually give a long introduction, but I've been told that I shouldn't do that anymore. So I'm going to throw it to you. Tell us a little bit about your coaching, your business, how you got into it. Um, that's a fantastic question. So I have a, a history as working as a psychiatrist. I taught psychology at the college level. I have a doctorate in theology. I have all these great credentials, but I... I was bitterly divorced for 16 years and I, it was such a horrible divorce that I never wanted to get married again until suddenly one day I watched the show Shits Creek. And I don't know if you're familiar with the show or anybody listening is familiar. It's amazing. And I watched David and Patrick fall in love. And in particular, I watched them have an argument on one episode. And in that, it was a beautiful argument. Their love for each other was so obvious, even though they were in conflict. And that's when I knew exactly what I wanted. And I also mm. knew I couldn't find it on my own. I knew that because of my my past and my background, I was doing something wrong. The, the, the lowest common denominator in all my failed relationships was me. And I didn't know what I was doing. So I hired a coach and met the love of my life. And fast forward a little bit of time, we were on a 
on a date rounding the corner to deciding whether or not we wanted to get engaged. He asked me what I would do with my life if money were no issue. And I said, well, I think it would be like a life coach, but I would be more like I would help people find love and I'd be more spiritual about it than my dating coach was. And he said, well, if you know what you want to do with your life, why aren't you doing it? Hmm. So within a month or two, Bahira Coaching was born and I have been working with people ever since to help them develop better relationships with themselves, with partners, or if they don't have a partner and they really want one, to help them finish working on themselves so they can date in a whole different way and find a partner that's amazing for them. Okay. And so, and by the way, how, how, how long ago did you meet your now husband? I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, we met uh, four years ago. And is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Four years ago. Yeah, the, the pandemic great. was like it didn't. Uh, it's weird counting time. I'm so tired of the pandemic. And that, that's a little bit about the theme of this second season, too, is the dating post-pandemic. Because I have seen, in my experience, we had to walk around for two years with masks on our face and stay six feet apart. And so going back into the world, going to the supermarket, going to, uh, you know, Costco or whatever. And if you see somebody that you might like or you want to talk to somebody, some people are, are, are still got that six feet stay away from me thing. And, mm -hmm. you know, and it's kind of hard to navigate who's OK with it and who's not. So anyway, I digress. You have um, a plan, you said, or a mm -hmm. So I would love to hear this. And I think my audience would too. Yeah, I have a I have a program called the Mindful Dating Intensive. It's a 12-week intensive program to help singles get ready to go out and date again. And before I really launch into that, what I want to do, if it's okay with you, is just describe a little bit about the top three mistakes I see people making. Yeah. And then how to what that looks like when you're making the mistake what the goal is or where we're heading to, to get over the mistake. And then a little bit about my program. How does that sound? This podcast or this, this season is about dating and the do's and the don'ts and yes, the mistakes. So yeah, let's hear it. I'm all Okay. Here. Fantastic. So what I really see as the top three mistakes that singles are making is they're letting dragons lead. They take a shotgun approach to dating and they have poor planning. And I'm going to break all this down for you. So letting dragons lead, you all, you know um, that we all have like chatter in our head, self-critics. We have doubters, naysayers. We have voices that make us depressed, voices that make us nervous or scared. Um, we have all that chatter going on all the time. And I refer to that chatter as dragons. We have a lot of different dragons in there. And when you're letting dragons lead, people do things like, um, they stay super vague about what it is they want. They're non-committal. They're focused on finding the one, the magical one that's going to make it all better. Or they stay focused on the one that got away. They can't really get past that one who broke their heart. They get really reactive to bad dates. So if they have a date that doesn't go well, just one date, first date with somebody doesn't go well, they might swear off dating for three months or a year because that was just too overwhelming for them. Or they focus so much on inner work that they never get around to dating. So it's important to take a break, but 
when you are under the influence of your dragons, you might take that break too far. The second mistake is taking a shotgun approach. These, this is really related to letting your dragons lead because when your dragons tell you, you can't have what you want, you don't let yourself even know what you want. So people aren't clear like, oh, I want to get married. Oh, I just want to live together. I want to retire to the country. They're not really clear about what it is they're looking for. They're not even clear what their emotional needs are. So they have no idea how to assess whether a person can meet their emotional needs. And that's really what relationship is all about, is the emotional needs. And they don't even know what they bring to the table. They have no idea where they're aiming from. So they don't know where they're headed. They don't know where they are. They're, they're pretty lost. And because they, they're running around led by dragons, they don't know what they want. And they're not really clear. They don't have a plan to get somewhere. They are playing the short game. They date around for a little while, date sporadically. If they, if they don't find the one right away in the first three months or six months, they give up for a while. And they do this thing, and I see this a lot, where they start out as friends mm -hmm. and see where things go. And a lot of that has to do with not just having had broken trust in the past where they don't trust other people, but they don't trust themselves to pick a good partner. They have lost trust in their picker. That's me. <laughs> that is me. a lot of people. And I, that was me for 16 years. I didn't trust my picker, really didn't trust it. So what they should be doing and where the goal is when you do this work on yourself, ultimately you become a self-led dater. You're a hundred percent confident in yourself. Even if your dragons are chatty, you are led from a confident place where you know your worth you're super clear about what you're creating this next chapter of your life and what you want it to look like. You are courageous enough to ask for what you want. And you are compassionate enough with yourself and with other people that if they're not a match, you walk away. Hmm. And it's super self-compassionate and super compassionate to the other person to walk away when you're not a match. Everybody deserves someone who's crazy about them. You do, and so does that other person. No fixer-uppers. No fixer-uppers. Yeah, no. Which was, um, my, which was my MO for a long time. I was looking to fix people. Away. Yeah, nobody wants to be fixed. Nobody yeah. is your problem to fix. They're just your person to love. So once you're a self-led dater and you have that confidence and that clarity, well, first of all, I have to say, the second step is really get profoundly clear. First, learn how to be self-led. Learn where yourself actually is. And I work from an internal family systems or IFS model. And in that model, everybody has calm, clarity, compassion inside already. We tap into that center, I'm that sacred center of who you are. I'm familiar with we, IFS. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. a great technique, great model, really works well in the coaching setting. We get then super clear about what it is you want to create. What are your values, visions, and goals for the future, for this chapter of your life? What are your emotional needs? How do you know if somebody is going to meet them? How do you know if they even have the potential? And then how can you assess whether someone's a good fit for you? So you have all of this clarity about what you want and how to find it. And then we get a dating strategy. When you're dating, you're looking for that one in a million person. And what that means, if it's a one in a million person, 
is that it will take you over 10,000 tries to find them. Yeah. So what you have to do, you have to do three things in your dating strategy. First, you have to eliminate the hay as much as you can of the hay. So you improve your odds. You know it's hay. Get rid of the hay you know is hay. Bring your odds down to one in 100 or one in 500 because you're still going to need about 100 to 150 tries to make sure you find the right person. The second thing you want to do is find a way to do these tries faster so that starting out as friends and seeing where it goes, that could take you a year or two to know if somebody's right for you. You're not going to live 200 years to be able to go through 100 trials. You need to get a faster method. And the second thing you need to do is get a metal detector. You need to fine tune your system to recognize what you are looking for. And I call this looking for green lights. A lot Mm. of people focus on red flags. They don't even know what a green light looks like. Yeah. And you tend to... You tend to find what you're looking for. So if you're out looking for red flags, you're going to find them. You're going to find them. Yeah. (laughs) When you start looking for green lights and someone who can meet your emotional needs, guess what you're going to find? Green lights and someone who can meet your emotional needs. Yeah. So you need a strategy that does those three things. And inside my 12-week mindful dating intensive program, that's what I help people do. I help them develop self-leadership. I help them get in touch with that sacred core through mindfulness, through values and strengths explorations. We develop self-compassion and we befriend their dragons. So instead of their dragons insisting on leading the charge, self-energy can lead the charge. Self-energy can get those dragons to support them in a productive way. Then we get clarity. We eliminate fear, which is just false evidence appearing real. We identify patterns, just like you were talking about earlier. You have some patterns in relationship. We bring the woundedness to closure. The wounds that result in that pattern being over and over again, bring the woundedness to closure. And in that process, my clients end up exceptionally clear about their emotional needs. My clients end up with a one-page form of what their emotional needs are and how those needs get met in relationship and they have that form and then they go out on their dates. We have a strategy, a step-by-step formula, how to write the profile, how to meet people, the variety of ways to meet people. Online dating is one thing. There are many ways to meet people. We use all of those methods. And then how do you have those conversations in a really strategic and yet conversational way so that you can get important information about somebody to find out if they're going to be a good partner for building the world you want to create. Because we're, we really, nobody invests in coaching for just a a casual thing. And your life is about more than that relationship. You have ambitions and goals and things that you care about. And you want a partner that's going to support that and go with you along that way. So then we have all of those proven strategies that I help coach people through to date more effectively, efficiently. And I want to touch on the metal detector. I get people back in touch with their bodies and their bodies signals about what is right and wrong for them. Mm. And I help them support the answers that they're finding. So when their body says this person's wrong for me, I help them support that and walk away and really be courageous about it. The reason people don't walk away is they have scarcity mentality. They think there's not going to be another one. It takes a lot of courage to stand up for 
what you know and believe is right for your future. So I help people with that. And it works because it's founded on evidence-based practices. I use cognitive neuroscience, internal family systems, compassionate communication, and the trans three medical model of change to walk people through a very powerful change process in a, in a sort of expedited fashion. It's only 12 weeks and it's super powerful. It's like a boot camp for relationship skills. Mm. It includes self-reflection exercises that help you apply all of those evidence-based practices to your own life. And then there's a ton of individual and group support for walking that path. So that is what my program looks like. And, and that's kind of where I think people really want to be when they start dating is so clear about what they want for themselves. Because if you're not clear on what you really want for your life, you'll get led astray. You'll let other people's visions cloud your own judgment. Everything you just said, and I say this to many of my guests, where were you four years ago when I needed you? Because it all sounds wonderful. One thing that's, for from my experience, and I, I hope the audience can, resonates with the audience, the very first concept you mentioned was the dragon. And then I think you clarified that by saying it's the, that's the, those thoughts that we have in the head. Mm -hmm. And that's one of my main problems. I have two brains. And, and 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 when I was growing up, it was the devil here and the angel on the one shoulder and the devil on mm -hmm. the other shoulder. They were always mm -hmm. battling. Uh, I came across a book by Michael Singer called The Untethered Soul. I don't know mm -hmm. if you've read it. Okay. And, and he talks about how to quiet that side, to quiet the dragon in your case. And it's a wonderful book and it works if you read it, but you have, but I read it and, and within a month, I forgot everything I read. So I had to reread it and it's mm -hmm. a great idea, but for, for somebody like me, I, I don't know if it's attention deficit disorder or not able to absorb things I read. I enjoy what I read, but I always retain it. So I think my question is to you is what approach do you do to help us quiet that dragon? So this is the thing. What we want to do is listen to the dragon. That doesn't mean we do what the dragon says to do, but we really want to get to know that dragon and understand it because all of the dragons, believe it or not, even when they disagree, they all have one goal. They all have the goal of your, your welfare. Yeah. Yeah. They are all on your side. They don't sound like it. They say, give you opposite you know, opposite advice, but they all want what's best for you. And if you learn how to have a really skillful conversation with your dragons, you can understand them better. And when they start to trust you, and it takes time, just like any other relationship, when they start to trust you, they will trust self-energy to make the decisions. I have, okay, I have a follow-up question for that. And this is my experience, but I'm sure there are people that can i'm I'm hoping can relate to this. I have a certain image, okay? and uh, and also you mentioned before something like we don't have a hundred years to mm -hmm. to do this friendship thing. i I don't. i'm sixty three and i'm I'm literally looking at my golden years ahead of me, and I, i'm 
So when I go out food shopping or I go out anywhere and, and into the public, and some days I just throw on a pair of gym shorts and a t-shirt or or whatever and, and sandals and I'm out the door. I live by the beach and it's summertime. And if I come across somebody in the supermarket, I always use that as an example, but just because we all go shopping, but and and I and I see somebody that I might want to approach or just go up and start a conversation with. I, I'm I'm not into cold approaches like, can I have your number? No, I like to go up and start a conversation. But that dragon is saying to me, dude, you, the, your your shirt doesn't match your pants. Um, <laughs> and in my case, and this is another thing that I'm battling with, I have I have long hair and I have tattoos and it's a, it's an image that I is who I am. But unfortunately, that image has a stigma attached to it. Bad boy, drug dealer, uh, gangster, violent, or, or, you know, maybe not so much today as it was maybe 15 to 20 years ago. And I, my dragon says to me, dude, she's never going to look at you. She's going to give you the, the evil eye. And, and how do we overcome? Because I want someone to accept me for who I am, for, for how I, I, you know, I, I'm a neat. I, I, my, I, my hair's tied back, and I, 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 I groom. I'm so I'm not saying that I'm messy or anything. I, I just think women see me coming, and there are some women who like that type of appearance, and some who don't. But I don't know the woman that I'm approaching, which side of the fence she's on. Any thoughts on how to overcome that fear? Yeah, I totally have some thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to say two two different two different ways of of overcoming it. Um, one is to really have a conversation with that dragon and and try to understand what his mission is and what what he's about, and why why make why is it so important for him that if you talk to somebody, she's going to be receptive. Who cares, right? So we want to help him really get over caring and understand him better because he probably remembers when you were six and your feelings would get hurt if somebody didn't like you on a playground and he Mm -hmm. wants to protect that little six-year-old version of you. We need to get to know him and let him see who you are and let him see that actually you're a grown-up and you have a lot of resources of self-energy. And if this person doesn't like you, you're going to be okay. But we have to help that dragon understand that you're going to be okay. And if that dragon is cut off from self-energy, it doesn't know that. So we really want to form that relationship between that part of you that is calm, clear, compassionate, creative, courageous, and that part, that dragon. So that dragon knows that you're going to be there to take care of anything, that you're always there for you. You show up for yourself. Yeah, That's the first part. The second part, and I tell this to women all the time. I get I have a lot of women that I work with that are in their 50s and 60s, and none of us is looking 20-something anymore. Yeah. And they get worried. Well, all these men want a younger woman. They all want to date someone in their 30s. And I said, Well, this is really great because now you have a great way to get rid of the hay. You okay. just eliminated people who are wrong for you because these people are superficial. They judge on first appearances and they're wrong for you. Yeah. 
you immediately got rid of the hay. And so you might have situations where you try to strike up a casual conversation and someone's not interested. Totally okay. That's just one of your however many hundred that you're going to have to reach out to before you find your person. Bring your person. I listened to a podcast just today on one of my favorites and she had a matchmaker on and they, and the, the host asked the matchmaker, what are the top three things that men look for in a woman? And what are the top three things that women look for in a man? The number one thing, according to this matchmaker and her research was that men look first, the attraction is he attracted to the woman? And then the second was something, but the woman her first was inst uh, whether he's stable or not. And the bottom line was the research found out that women don't look at the man's physical appearance first. They want to, they want his physical appearance will grow on him, grow on them as they get to know him. So if he's charming and he's personable and he's a gentleman and yada, 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 it could take three, four or five days to find that out. So I think it's kind of what I'm saying is it's, this research that I heard was that attraction isn't always on a woman's mind first and foremost. It's interesting because almost invariably I work with female clients and they care about attraction almost invariably okay. first. It matters to them okay. that they're attracted. And That's it is one I of, it is one of the top three things that you want to look for. If you're not attracted, that's a friend. Yeah. Me, you which, know, which, I mean, that's where the friend zone comes in. You, you end that's, up getting yeah, that's put a in friend. the friend zone. Yeah. Yeah. So I really advise people, you want to make sure there's alignment in your values, visions, and goals. You want to make sure that this person has the capacity to meet your emotional needs. And you can okay. assess that to some degree in the first couple of dates and you should be attracted to them. There should be attraction. And it's not the same zing of chemistry that you get with someone who's sort of toxic. The zing of chemistry is often fear and we mistake it for chemistry. chemistry. That's super common, but really there should be some attraction. Your body should be like gravitating to them in a comfortable way. Not that um, butterflies in your stomach, you think you're gonna die lightheaded way because that is actually fear. That is, that's yeah. your body saying run away. Um, so really knowing how to know when your body is sending you signals that you're safe and you want to connect with this person. Okay. I, 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 and I'm glad you clarified that because when I heard this research thing, it's it was one company's research, or I guess their experience with their matchmaking thing. I think it's, and it will vary across cultures. It's going to vary across even even the United States, you know, the East Coast versus the West Coast, everybody has a different thing. You talked about looking for the green flags. If if somebody's conditioned their adult life or maybe through childhood for looking for the red flags, how do you uncondition that? First, you have to identify what the green lights are. That's the first thing. What are the green lights? And that is part of what we work on through the whole 12 weeks is what are you looking for? And that's where the coaching and the group support comes in handy. Okay. And when they work with me on a profile, the profile is written entirely in the what I do want way. So it's all a request of what they actually want to see. And then they ask for that on dates. And when you have 
this is where the metal detector and really fine tuning the relationship with the body is super helpful because when you know what your emotional needs are and you have a sense of what it feels like in your body when they're met and when you're clear about the vision that you're creating and you're in touch with that vision that you're creating of your life, it's very easy to know if somebody aligns with that or not. It is actually so much more effective at helping you find a great partner if you can identify your green lights than looking for red flags will be. Yeah. It, I, I, and, and I think that's a fantastic if, I, I guess I would have to be a, a client of yours to learn how to do that, but I'm conditioned to look for the red, especially after the last relationship, there were so many red flags that I chose to ignore. And now going forward, I'm going to be looking for red flags when I should be looking for the green flags. And, but I guess devil's advocate, you're on a date, you're walking the boardwalk or you take them to a coffee shop and you're looking for green flags, but they have a, a red flag waving. Uh, it could be, I, 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 I don't want to pick any particular type of behavior, but let's say they, the way they eat their food is, is something and, and it just turns you off. Does that meet your emotional needs? I, I don't know that I would know, probably not, but I don't think I would know that on that date, but probably. Right, right. Yeah. And so that's where we spend so much time on getting clarity on the emotional needs. So much time on that. Because that is really where, the, that's where you make or break a relationship is whether your emotional needs are met. But how do you know that on first, second, or even third date? The, the main problem that people have, the number one problem is they don't know what their emotional needs are. Right. Yeah. The second problem is they don't know what behaviors other people do that meet their needs. Correct. So they don't know what to look for. Correct. And if you don't see it, then that's not your person. And if you do see it, it might be your person. And there's a whole strategy for dating in a way that's going to really reveal to you whether this person is a good match for you or not. Like I'm, yeah, it's, 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 there's a process that I walk people through. The clarity process is profound and it's transformative. Okay. Another question. Um, and these are coming from my experience over the past year of going on a few dates and or just getting to to my age. When you have lived 50 years or 60 years on this planet and you have been married, divorced, maybe married, divorced twice um, and in or out of several relationships, um, you, you may have at some point, you, we all have baggage. Mm -hmm. And I, I know that cliches that word baggage we all have we bring issues with us and some of us have worked on those issues and some of us haven't when two people in their late like in their later lives let's say 45 to 50 and, and above get together 
and they and they go on a date or two or three or four and they start seeing what the other person's issues are uh, we used to call that trauma bonding i'm not talking about trauma mm -hmm. bonding i'm talking about they they you slowly start to see their baggage and mm -hmm. it could be trauma related from something that happened to them 20 years ago and they haven't worked through it yet mm -hmm. how, how does two people in their late what do you call it their later middle age or higher work through that baggage they might so be a good match yeah, that's a beautiful question. And I love that you asked me that question. And that is part of the reason that I also offer what I call the path of partnership coaching. There are people for whom those relationship wounds get healed inside of a healthy, safe relationship. And I work with a lot of people who have attachment injuries. And the, the way to heal an attachment injury is to have a safe, secure relationship for about yeah. five years. And if you're bringing some of that to a relationship or if your partner is, then you really need to double down on your willingness to learn relationship skills and willingness to make friends with your dragons and cultivate self-energy so that you can, in, in the IFS world, those dragons are known as trailheads. When you, when you get a flare up of something on a date, that means you have a trailhead to investigate within yourself. You can hold space for your partner. You can just bring self-energy and recognize that they're dealing with their dragon right now. It's not your dragon. Ah, okay. And they're dealing with their dragon right now. Um, and in the path of partnership coaching, I do help couples work through a lot of that using IFS techniques. Yeah, because I, 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 this is going to sound silly, but I envy the 20 and 30 year olds because they don't have the baggage that, I have at 60, you know, um, yeah. they maybe create, they're starting to create the baggage at 20 and 30, but they, they don't have that much. So um, anyway, that was, but good answer. That was, a, that clarified it for me. So beautiful. Um, okay. So uh, we're, we're wrap, we're going to wrap it up soon. Uh, what else can you, Tell us about your practice or dating. Well, yeah. let me ask you. Let me ask you this. We we got about ten minutes. Let me ask you this: dating online or offline? What is your go-to? Yes, online <laughs> and offline. Okay, online and offline. <laughs> that was a good answer. Okay. Yeah, and I so I work with clients who uh, for them. Some of them are in rural areas. They're going to have to do online because they live in a town of a hundred, you know, a hundred or 500 people. I work with other people who hate working on apps. They're going to need to try something else. Yeah. We work through an, an extended range of resources where you could encounter a person. There are a variety of dating related activities that you can engage in that are related to dating ways that you might come into contact with the potential person. Use all of them. How you meet someone is not as important as what you do when you, when meet, you them. meet them. Very good point. Good point. I haven't thought about that. There is, and I am not being paid to, to mention this, but I just, uh, another person that I interviewed not too long ago just sent me something that there's a new thing going around. It's called pairing. 
and it's spelled pear as in the fruit ing. And what mm-hmm. it is, is that for $25, you buy this turquoise silicone ring and it's called the world's large or the global, the world's largest social experiment. And they're trying to get people off the dating apps and you wear this ring and and if somebody else sees you wearing the ring, that tells them that you are part of this community and you're single and you're and you're looking to meet somebody. So it makes it easier to approach somebody if they're wearing that mm-hmm. ring. And I, mm-hmm. it's 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 just it's just started it started a couple of years ago, but it's starting to make the rounds on social media. And I just thought it was interesting. So yeah, that know. is interesting. And I, I want to touch back on something. I, I don't remember if you said this before we hopped on the podcast or after we hopped on the podcast, but you had mentioned something about what's going on in the dating apps and what you're finding out there in the dating yeah. world. I want to share a story really quickly about sure. my client, Cindy. And I'm using her name with permission. She has given me permission to talk about this. Um, Cindy had a history of childhood trauma. She had an abusive marriage, divorced him. And the relationships she had since the divorce were also abusive. When she would try online dating, I can't even repeat the way men would talk to her online, what they would say in a message. It was horrible. She had some of the worst first date experiences I can even imagine. Can't believe the way she was spoken to. She did my 12-week intensive. She went back online and she said, none of that happens anymore. And she's meeting wonderful men now. And none of those things that used to happen, happen. It's a totally different category of people. And in fact, some of them seem so nice that it's almost like they could be the one or on the way to the one. And a lot will shift when you are able to have different relationships with your dragons and they're not in charge anymore when self is in the lead. Things will shift when you're clear about who you are, what you have to offer and what you need and want from a partner. And when you have a strategy that eliminates the hay that helps you date a little faster and gets you a lot of clarity about whether or not this person might be your needle in the haystack. It just a big transformation happens. What, inside what this I program. just, what I just took from Cindy's story is if you put out negative energy, you're going to get negative energy back. If you put out positive energy, you'll get so so your course teaches you how to put out positive energy. Yeah. And and that energy, like those dragons are also putting out energy. When they're in the lead, they're the ones putting out energy. It's not self. And it's not your fault. If you're running around led by dragons, it's so not your fault. You've never learned this material. It's not your fault you even have dragons. We're all born with dragon potential. Yeah. It's really it's really easier than it sounds to be able to relate to the world from that core of who you really are. And when you're in that place, it shifts everything. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I have picked up so much from this conversation. Um, I, 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 it, it sounds like what you have this course, this 12 week course that you put together sounds like something that I need. Um, and, and I, so where, where, where can my audience find you? <clears throat> um, I will uh, provide you with some links for the show notes. I'm at BahiraCoaching.com. You can look me up. I'm Yael Dubin on Facebook, and I will give you other links that you can pop into the show notes. 
And to the audience, uh, she does have a great Facebook page. I have been on it, and this afternoon she went live, and I unfortunately I couldn't watch it, but I is that is there is that recorded? Can I watch that somewhere? Um, the one talk I did this morning is not recorded. I did do another talk uh, this afternoon, and okay. that one is recorded. And that's really what it looks like after you've made that transition. Okay. When your system has been unburdened, what is it like then? Um, and I, yeah, I have a lot of um, recordings that I do, videos, podcasts, and a lot of written content that I put out every week. Okay. Oh, so you do have a podcast. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. great. Okay. So uh, we'll put that in the show notes too. I would love to to listen to that. So um, any parting thoughts? I just advice? want to thank you and your, and your listeners so much. And my advice really is please make sure that you can check these three boxes, that you are self-led, that you are clear about who you are and what you want, and that you have a strategy that will get you to your goal effectively and safely. Very nice. I, I, it sounds so simple, yet I, it's not. Otherwise, we wouldn't be having podcasts with guests on telling us how to do it. But thank you, Yael. And um, to my audience, I, I look at the show notes and look her up. I'm, I do follow her on Facebook. And even though we booked this recording a month or two ago, I've been following you, and you have some great content out there. So, um. And, and I, I encourage my audience to go look at look at your uh, social media and your website. So thank you Yab, for and for joining me tonight. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, Andrew. I want to thank Yael very much. That was recorded sometime late summer that's how podcasting works you book guests you record them and when you get backed up whatever i just re-listened to that episode and it hit me from a completely different perspective than where i was three or four months ago one of the concepts that she spoke about the dragon the dragon I don't know about you but I have one very large dragon in my head and it talks to me all day long anyway thank you Yael so much for your knowledge, your wisdom, everything. And thank you, my audience. Please, if you enjoy this episode, if you enjoy me, the show, what I'm trying to accomplish here, please take one minute and scroll to the bottom of your app if you're on Apple and leave me a, a review five stars would be nice Spotify also has the ability to leave five stars and tell a friend somebody in your life is struggling 
in some type of relationship. So thank you, everybody. And until next time, if you need to make a choice, if you have to make a choice, I urge you to please, like Yael said, fix your picker and pick wisely. Ciao.